Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Cracking Night Show, bringing you the latest news, reviews, and more on the two youngest teams in the NHL. That, of course, is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Joining me, as always, is my equal out west, my brother from another state, country, and indeed county, everything in between, uh, it's JP. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still uh, far removed on the other side of the planet from where I usually am. So my times are all wacky. So if we start talking about games, I may say today and you may say yesterday, <laughs> but uh, we'll get through yeah. it. It'll be fine. But yeah, I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. This is, it still feels weird. It does not quite as weird as when you hosted last week. That freaked me out a little bit um but <laughs> right, uh, yeah. it feels a little more normal but it just it just feels it back your way exactly because normally it's me that's like trying to work out whether it was yesterday or today in terms of games because i'm normally so <laughs> many true. hours um well in front of you whereas yeah, now yeah, you've that's got, your life all the time exactly yeah yeah well not quite <laughs> as bad as where you've got right now but uh yeah right. hey um well look we've got plenty to discuss this week uh and we're not always we're not going to go into too much detail in terms of the on ice stuff this week I mean, we'll be on ice of course in terms of the topics but we're not going to do too many of the old game reviews that we've been doing the last couple of weeks um we'll touch on them a little bit but just to kind of run through some of the stuff for the listeners uh in terms of what we're going to be looking at this week we're going to be doing our news because we actually have some which is nice and that includes some of the trade talks um, that are starting to heat up in the NHL. So a few things that we're hearing from other teams as well, but teams that do affect both the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Um, Ron Francis uh, broke what's known as Fort Knox Francis. So he actually broke silence about the uh, about the Kraken and their season. So we're going to go into what he said and what what I believe some of, some of what he said means for the Kraken in terms of the trade deadline, but also next season as well um obviously <laughs> we can we can talk about the fact that uh, the kraken obviously are still stumbling through the rest of this season um there's a couple of other bits in terms of news but i'll, I'll say that as a surprise for when we click the news button uh and then we're going to look into the vegas golden knights as well who had a stronger week in terms of uh points scored uh, but we're going to look at whether or not it was just points or was it performances um, focusing in on Jack Eichel, uh, obviously Hutton and his two-year two deal, his new two-year deal, should I say, um, and obviously the, what the trade deadline could mean for Vegas. So plenty of stuff on this week's episode um, and hopefully plenty of, uh, of good backwards and forwards between me and JP. But we're going to start with the news, if I can get this jingle to work. And hopefully, JP, you recognize the person doing this jingle. There you go. So you're, you're, you're pulling one from the archives. Yeah, exactly. There, man. Man. I thought you'd forgotten about that. Uh, well, nearly. And then I spotted it on my media board and I was like, no, I have to click that button when I, I see so, it. Oh, there you man. go. Acapella to... news jingle yeah. that we have by our, our very own host. I was. I was in fine form that day, wasn't I? That's, it's a beautiful singer voice, mate. Beautiful singer <laughs> voice. So, we, we, there's plenty of that we we kind of talked about it for the last couple of weeks. But the trade deadline, which feels weird because it's March, and you know all of our hockey brains are saying 
well, the trade deadline was in February, wasn't it? Well, no, this month it's in March. And in fact, it's the end of March. I still can't remember the date, but I know it's around the 20-something of March because we worked mm-hmm. that out a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Um, but yeah, now we got, we're in that... we got a couple of, basically a couple, two, three weeks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And now we're in that period where it's starting to heat up. We're starting to hear about teams and what they might be doing. Um, and one of the biggest teams that's the talking point for this week, uh, both generally in the NHL, but also on this podcast, is the Chicago Blackhawks. And for those that are maybe not following them that closely... Carl Davidson became their 10th general manager, uh, and which is pretty impressive because the Chicago Blackhawks got a 100-year history. So the fact that they've only had 10 general managers, well, you know, look, it's pretty easy math to work out what that means as an average, but it means that they don't normally hire somebody into that role for the short term, I think it's safe to say. Um, just a bit of background on who Davidson is. He's a 33-year-old. He's worked his way up through the Chicago ranks, but he's also worked his way up through the hockey ranks. He started on some sort of graduate program, and he's, and he's, he's really like it's impressive when you look at his CV. Um, it's impressive to see the kind of trajectory he's had in the sport. He was interim GM before taking over as GM, so he just dropped the interim tag. Um, but his approach seems very different and we're not going to go into his interview too much because this isn't the Chicago Blackhawks podcast but what I can say from the interview is that he mentioned the word rebuild um, and I can even even just saying that myself I can feel the Chicago fan base reeling in their chairs saying don't say that word Uh, but he did and he openly said not only rebuild was we we need to fix things and it's not a one-year thing you know, so he was talking mm. quite openly about the fact that they need to rebuild that team. And, you know, look, I still care about the Blackhawks, not as much as my wife does, of course, but I do still care about the Blackhawks. And I think it's it's great to see them to see them finally press that. Because we've we've mentioned on a few podcasts now, JP, the fact of the teams that can get stuck in that I'm not good enough to be crap, but I'm not mm. also not good enough to actually ever really be a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like uh, the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem, and I think <laughs> I think that applies on a larger scale too, right? Like it's important yeah. for you know, it's it's not that maybe maybe management and the front office had admitted that to themselves behind the scenes, maybe, but like there's something to be said about publicly coming out and saying, yeah, we get it, like yeah, it's, yeah it's an issue and we need to fix it. And I just don't feel like the Blackhawks have done that recently. No. Right. It's always been kind of like, no, 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 we're still going for it. We're still going for it. One more chance. Yeah. It's like everybody in the room except them knows that like, <laughs> no, you're not going for it. Like you shouldn't be going yeah. for it, you know? So, so I mean, that's a good, right. It's a good sort of way to kick off his tenure. I'd say to sort of say, look, yes, I get it. There are some issues here. I just, I just love the thought of, the you know the the whole of the management <laughs> sat around in a room and them stands right. up and says you know hello my name's Kyle and I'm a Stanley <laughs> Cupaholic and you're like yeah right. hi Kyle exactly. you know, so hi, Kyle. it's um <laughs> it's like a come to Jesus meeting yeah. sort of thing you know <laughs> it's great. Yeah. but it, it's, it, it is a great move for them and you know he said I think one of the quotes that he said was around the fact of now, we know we're not good enough because we're reminded by the standings every day. And I thought that's a—it's that's almost like that realization of mm-hmm. you know this isn't a if we had if you know oh man if we do a good trade at the deadline we'll be fine sort of thing. So um, mm-hmm. now what that means for the rest of the 
well, it's not. It's not. It means a lot for the central division, of course, because of the where Chicago are and the other teams in it. But it affects the Western Conference in total, which in in turn affects the uh, Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and one of the things that is certainly going to affect the Vegas Golden Knights is the biggest trade rumour that is going round, which involves Patrick Kane. Now, it's worth mentioning that Patrick Kane himself has come out and said that he is happy at Chicago and he wants to stay there, which in the history of sport means that he is going to be traded at the first sign of it <laughs> because it's like when they say, we fully support this coach. You're there going, I that was coach about to is say that. <laughs> so, yeah, take it, with a, take it with a grain of salt for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was nice yeah. knowing you patrick but he's off to <laughs> new places well welcome to the avalanche yeah and, and yeah it is the avalanche that are, are the hottest <laughs> apparently in on him um and it, it does make a lot of sense because the avalanche have cap space um mm. they have a a very lucrative deals with a lot of their top guys i mean as it stands here today uh and this isn't from memory i'm looking at capfriendly.com uh as I speak, and where are the Colorado Avalanche? It, it, it's hard to like to. It's hard to imagine the Avalanche. You know, like you said, if they have cap space, I'm like, God, they're already so good, and they got room to add. Like, good lord, these guys are a juggernaut. These guys are scary good right now. But what were you going to say about the cap space? Did so, you yeah, so they there? got two point eight million available. Okay, as it so stands. it's not huge, but they they got a little bit of room. Yeah. But the the rumor says that they were all in okay and, and they've got people that can move i mean you've got eric johnson there he's on six million a year for yeah. one more year so the blackhawks only, only be taking that hit for a year and if you're rebuilding well you don't really care if you take a bit of cap hit on because you're rebuilding um right so you know i could see that happening they'd have to i think it'd be really interesting to see what patrick kane is worth because in my opinion it's yeah, you know, it's got to involve a first. It's got to involve a, a, a prospect because we know that. Let's be honest, the Colorado first isn't going to be a high first because they are definitely making the playoffs because they look red hot. Um, you know, I could see potentially that happening. I think it would be. You know, there's a lot of Blackhawks fans that will be screaming at their uh, their iPods right now because they'll be saying, "How dare I say that Patrick Kane's going to leave?" Um, but uh, but he will uh, and. And it kind of it kind of makes sense. It'd be interesting to see where where he ends up because there's not a lot of people. He's on ten million a year, and that's cap hit. So, like, you've got to have the cap space to make that move, and a lot of teams can't do it. So, hmm. and Patrick Kane has one more year, so you you haven't just got to be able to fit him in this year. You've got to fit him in next year as well. Yeah, and the um, gosh, the Avs. I can't imagine just adding to that team. They're already so good, but uh, of course, Calgary. You know beat them yesterday yesterday to me probably maybe two days ago to you but uh so calgary is uh is you know arguably maybe even a little hotter than the abs right now but uh that's a couple of really scary good teams and later on we'll get to the knights but uh if the knights if the knights make the playoffs they're gonna have to get through one or both of those teams probably so uh it's um some scary competition there but yeah the the trade deadline is gonna be really interesting this year yeah I agree. I agree. You could just uh, you'll know that the day that Patrick Kane gets traded because all you'll be able to hear from Chicago is so 
<laughs> but it probably will happen. So, um, yeah. So one of the other things that was talked about, obviously, the second that Carl Davidson mentioned rebuild, uh, the Twitter sphere went into complete meltdown. And those people that weren't tweeting about Batman films, like myself, uh, started tweeting about all various <laughs> other things, including Mark andre Fleury, because it had been at least six minutes before somebody started tweeting about where Mark andre Fleury may be going, is going, has gone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and he came out pretty quick and said, yeah, I'm going nowhere. Um, I've already uprooted my family once. I'm not going to do it again. So so he's in Chicago for the rest of this season. So my question to you, JP, is does this mean then that he might actually retire at the end of this season? Because he made it pretty clear he wasn't going to go anywhere else. Yeah, right. I mean, and his contract's up, right? It so, is, I yeah. mean, if he's not going anywhere, yeah, you're right. That does... Um... It leaves some mystery there because it would imply that another deal needs to be made if he's going to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. another deal needs to be made if he's going to keep playing. And usually, maybe not just yet, but usually if it, you know, I would think if Chicago wants to lock him up, they'd be, were at least working on a deal if they hadn't already locked one. Day. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it kind of, yeah, it is, a, it is a little bit of a mysterious response, right? Like, and I get it. He's a family guy. He probably doesn't want to move his family around and, so what does that leave? That leaves signing another contract. I mean, at his age, <clears throat> where he's at in his career, I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet any contract he signs from this point on, if he, you know, were to keep playing, is likely to be like a one year at a time kind of thing, right? Maybe two, but I could. It's kind. Of, I mean, isn't that kind of what happens when players, especially goalies, get to his age? It's kind of like, okay, we'll give you a one year deal at such and such a price and kind of work a season at a time. So it, it's possible, you know, it's still possible Chicago could come in and set him up with something for another year, I guess. But it, it feels weird, doesn't it? That just feels strange. Kind of like you're saying, it feels more like, nah, he might be hanging it up. Yeah. You know? And I, I didn't think he would, if I'm being honest, but it's mm. he's either, like I said, he's either pretty certain that he's going to get a deal in Chicago, but like why would Chicago pay a lot of money for a goalie who's very, very good, still very, very good, mm. um, mm-hmm. when you are openly trying to be crap. Like it makes, like if you're rebuilding, you need to be, you need to be bad. You, you really, I know it sounds stupid, but you do. You actually need to intend to be awful because otherwise you're not really rebuilding. You're just middling with a slightly crapper team. Like you need, if you're going to trade Patrick Kane away, I mean, that, that will ultimately make the team a lot worse straight away without doing anything else. But like, it makes no sense from either party. Like, It makes no sense for Chicago to have Fleury back. It makes no sense from Fleury to stay at a team. You know, when the, when the Rangers rebuilded, um, or rebuilt, should I say. Uh, sorry, it's only the language that, that we invented that I, that I can't <laughs> click up bloody speak. But anyway, so <laughs> rebuilt. <laughs> <laughs> one idiot and um so i can't even blame the time because it's it's like 2 p.m here like there's no excuse other than me just being a complete muppet so we'll give you a pass <laughs> thanks man so the, so when they rebuilt the rangers a lot of people kind of said well is is hank gonna sit around for this at his age that kind of where flurry is and and for Hank, that was the team he'd always played on. So, of course, he was going to. And then they didn't yeah, re-up his contract, and obviously, which is how he ended up in Washington, which is obviously, unfortunately, where he never really got to play. But he was supposed to be there. So, for for Fleury, I think next season, he's either 
retired or he's with one of two teams, in my opinion. He's either with Vegas, highly unlikely. Uh, and, you know, there's. <laughs> I know that that's probably just cut the Vegas fan base in half, me just mentioning <laughs> those words. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. Or the possibility. He's in Pittsburgh. Like yeah. it's I, it, nowhere else. And you know that um, there was a little bit of a rumor that sprung up a few weeks back about about Vegas from an insider about Vegas possibly being in the market. Yes. For Flurry. Yep. Yeah. And and the GM, you know, McCrimmon came out basically and squashed that. Yeah. Like straight away. Like, That's yeah. He was like, forget about it. That's not happening. You know, they wanted to they wanted to squash that right away. But no, you're right. Uh, the two sentiments you know, the sentiment from Chicago, Chicago front office <laughs> about a rebuild. And then what Flurry said, they, those two statements do seem to kind of stand in conflict with each other a little bit, don't they? Of course, you know, players, they say things all the time just to be sure that they don't look bad to, you know, kind of cause a storm in the, in the press and that they don't look bad or get on the bad side of, mm-hmm. of management. So you know, that's the other thing. Take it with a grain of salt, I suppose, right? Like Kane said he wants to stay. Flurry may just be saying that because it's the right thing to say, but uh, it is a strong, it's a strong thing to say, right? You could just remain mute on the subject rather than just coming out exactly. and saying that. Yeah, so. exactly. Pr- pretty interesting. It'll be fascinating to see what happens. And I guess if he's going to retire, we'll, we'll know soon, right? I mean, that's God. that's the kind of thing he would announce. Well, or he may drift into the off season and, and think about it, right? I guess that's possible. Too. I hope so. See what happens. See if he gets offers. You know. I mean, look, I'm. You know, I think the guy's fantastic, and he's too good to retire, in my opinion. But we shall see. So he's still got a lot. He has. He yeah. has. Yeah. Well, he's proven that because let's be honest, the defense he's got in front of him at Chicago is awful. So, like, and he still looks like the Mark Andre that we saw in Vegas. He's still. You know, like someone will cross crease a pass and you think, ah, it's, there's a goal. And then you think, oh, no, his you know, third arm came out and he's gone. It's just saved it. And you think, Jesus Christ. So and it's like <laughs> that I remember how old he is. Spider and saves, I think, how yeah. does he manage to do the splits like that? Yeah, at my age, getting up out of a chair seems yeah. like a struggle. Like, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, there you go. So... <laughs> Um, it's obviously yeah. got a far better yeah, legend. fitness regime than myself. Right. So the, the next thing is the <laughs> NHL uh, doing its bit. Uh, I think you would have had to have been living under some sort of a rock for the past couple of weeks to not know what is going on in Ukraine. And uh, nope, we're not going to get all political on this podcast and start talking about wars and you know military tactics and et cetera, et cetera. But the NHL is now playing the Ukrainian anthem before its hockey games, which I thought was quite a nice touch because lots of companies have been trying to work out how you show solidarity. uh, And that's not easy to say with speed. Um, And because, look, joking aside, it's an extremely serious topic. um, And there's not a lot, if we're being honest with each other, there's not a lot that we, a lot of us can do to really help the people that are going through what is unthinkable. I'm not going to say it's awful because that's underplaying how bad it is, just saying the word awful. Like it's unthinkable what the uh, what the Ukrainian population is currently having to face. Um, and the fact that we're seeing this in our lifetimes, JP, is 
it's, it's not only scary, but it's uh, it's just it's. I just think you can't even get your head around it. So we've had various different organisations doing various different things over the last couple of weeks to show that they support. You know that they're with well as much as we can do that we're with those people. They're in our thoughts and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I thought that was a nice touch from the NHL to do that. Um, two nice bits as well to finish off. Uh, two little record breakers, and that that was a TV series in the UK. I don't know if you used to have record breakers in the US as well, but I should have thought ahead and got the jingle for that. But never mind, I didn't. So, <laughs> so uh, the first one is Chara. You can put it in in post. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah if I can find it, I'll try. I'll try. It's probably crap. I'm going to hear it back and think, oh, that's awful. Uh, so, uh, Chara broke the most games played by defenseman so that was a record held by chris uh chelios uh and the 44 year old so if i thought the mark andrew fleury was making me feel like an unfit 36 year old uh zanedo chara makes me feel just well just in awe of what he does as he's still going at 44 and he has done 1652 games which is mental how does that guy keep going I mean, my gosh, that guy's just made out of iron, right? Mm. Like, I mean, to, to NHL hockey is so brutal to be like, to be playing at that age. It, it's impressive. I mean, the, the guy must, he has to take incredibly good care of himself. I mean, to keep playing hockey Insane. at that age, you would have to extra workouts, extra lifting, extra, extra, extra. I mean, mm. he's really talented obviously too, but, um, yeah, I yeah, mean, kudos, but- man, just iron man right there. And for those who, and we're not going to go on it about it in this podcast, but do if you if you're new to hockey, like it's worth a Wikipedia in terms of looking at Chara's history because him and the guy that I'm about to talk about in a minute both had that story that you know they weren't first round picks that just hit the spotlight and then became legends like these guys, both of them, both Chara and who I'm about to mention in a second, had to work to get where they are so it's uh you know for any young people listening that are aiming to be hockey players in the future check these two out because they show you that not everybody has the same uh, route or route if you are slightly west of where i am to get to the nhl um, but he's been a, a hell of a player when he's there um the other player who hit a little record was uh mark giordano so he hit 1000 games played in the nhl which is pretty impressive as well especially given his uh trajectory to the nhl uh, unfortunately though it was in the game where the kraken faced off against the uh, washington capitals and we got stuffed but <laughs> but he hit a thousand games <laughs> nevertheless so i don't take anything away from him but i bet he was probably sat in the locker room afterwards thinking i guess i should have seen that coming as the kraken lost <laughs> again so so there we go so that is our news. It's <laughs> <laughs> just to wind you up. I feel like I'm just a little gonna... pitchy there at the end too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just gonna just drop that in at other random points during the podcast. Just whenever you're trying to say something really heartfelt, sensible, yeah, I just you know, yeah, just take you off game. It, it's, yeah, it's so. hard to, hard to stay too serious when. <laughs> Honking that kind of stuff out in the background, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. So 
we promised we wouldn't be doing a like review of the games and on the Kraken side we're certainly not because let's be honest uh Kraken fans you know what you saw the last week and generally we've seen what we've been seeing for most of the other weeks which is pretty underwhelming performances pretty underwhelming scores and yes we did break the what was seven game losing streak um with a win um but then we lost the game straight afterwards and it kind of felt like groundhog day all over again so what i wanted to cover was the interview that ron francis did um with the athletic uh, and he talked around the season and a few areas so what i'm going to start with is a, is a quote from ron francis about the season so far so he said it's obvious the way the season has gone that we're not going to make the playoffs that's not a shock is it ron uh i think at this point you have to look at the team, which pieces you want to keep and which pieces you believe are core pieces. And then if teams are calling on the other pieces, you have to have those discussions and see what offers there are. Which I think it's the fact that he's admitting, a little bit like we were joking earlier about the Blackhawks, I think it's I'm, I'm quite glad that he's admitting that because my concern, and we talked about this when we were on, I think it was maybe even last week, about the fact that, you know, it was. It's better just if you are the crack and just accept you are where you are and don't try and like trade your way into thinking that it's two trades away from being a, uh, a Stanley Cup contender. So he he there is not only admitting that, but he's kind of saying in that message that the core players. It's about now him deciding who are those core players, and if you're not a core player, you're on the block. Doesn't mean you're going to go because if players like if other teams don't want that player. He's probably still going to be a Kraken player come the end of the season. But it was very interesting to him to say about deciding on the core team because it makes me feel, JP, like as it's you know, maybe his core team on day one is very different to his core team now. Sure. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that picture has shifted significantly, not only because of some of the injuries, but... Uh, and and because of individual player performances, right? Like some players have kind of stepped up to the plate maybe when we didn't expect a lot from them and other players have underperformed. Um, and even you've got to wonder, hard to say, but you've got to wonder even if there might even be some tactical shifts in the way, in the style of hockey, like in the way they want to build the team, right? Because obviously the originally it was like defense first, right? That's the way everybody was talking about the way the team was constructed and, you know, kind of airtight defense, you know, lower scoring hockey team, but really strong defense. So you wonder, are they going to continue to try to build the roster that way? Or are they going to change directions? Teams do that all the time. The, the, like the golden Knights have certainly changed their style over the five seasons that they've been around the, you know, the, the style of hockey that the team plays now is very different from the year one golden Knights. So you're kind of curious if Seattle will change directions, you know, but uh, yeah, it is fascinating to get to hear that kind of transparency, isn't it from a GM? Yeah. Especially one who's known to be um, not, he's not anti-media. He'll quite happily talk to the media, but he's he's known as Fort Knox Francis for a reason. So he's not known <laughs> as being particularly open with his comments. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that he mentioned, which was a quite an interesting aspect, that a lot of fans, probably the other organizations less so than the Kraken fans, may have overlooked, which is our what, I, what I've classed here as the prospect problem. Um, and that is the fact that on average in the NHL, 
teams have between 40 to 50 prospects that they've drafted that aren't signed. So these are prospects that may be in the NCAA, may be in Europe, may be in the KHL, may be in still obviously the Canadian systems, WHL, OHL, whatever, um, but not with the NHL team. And Kraken have eight. So it's a big difference between being able to trade pieces. So we were talking around obviously Chicago and their rebuild. Well, they've one of those teams that will have 40 to 50 prospects that they could either use, call upon, move, be you know, package up in deals, et cetera, et cetera. And the Kraken just don't have that. So in the interview, and I'd recommend heading over to Athletic to check it out. Uh, we're not sponsored, by the way. I just think it's a good, it's a good article. Um, <laughs> he talks around them focusing on draft picks and trying to build kind of that cupboard of prospects. So trying to get to where other teams are and have always been, because once you're in the NHL and you've got 40 prospects, it then becomes the carousel of new draft picks refilling the cupboard. And then you maybe trade or they become NHLers or they don't and they just you know, peter off into the distance and get forgotten about. But there's always this kind of carousel of, of, of the prospect life cycle. And and for Kraken, they just don't have that that kind of aspect right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see any moves by the Kraken that it's going to involve um, well, two things, really. One thing is, is draft picks. And the second thing is the other aspect he talked about is cap the cap space benefit. So if I can load up the quote... Um, he was asked around whether or not the Kraken would use their cap space at the deadline. And he responded with, uh, and I quote, uh, absolutely, we have the cap space and the owners are willing to spend the money. We've made it well known to all the GMs that if they need a third party broker or if there's a deal where they need a contract to be moved and it makes sense to us that we're open for business uh, and our owners have said from day one that we have the green light to spend all the way to the cap. So that's good news on both fronts. So the two things that I would take away from that if I was a Kraken fan is, one, he's already having those conversations. You know, last week we talked about is Ron Francis sat, you know, with his thumb up his backside. Clearly not. He is already cracking on, right? He's already having these conversations, with, as we thought he was, uh, with GMs saying, hey, guys, look, if you need a third party to be there just to take some cap on so you two can make a deal happen, then I'll do it kind of thing. Um, and maybe that's, you know, when we're thinking how do the Avs add Patrick Kane to their lineup, maybe that's how they do it. Um, and obviously it would have to be for some sort of benefit, important bit that Ron Francis said that it has to make sense. But the other aspect is what the cap space means next year for the team in terms of free agency. It'll be interesting to see how, how the Kraken how the Kraken moved that. And the last couple of things that he talked around, this is where I want to get your feedback, JP, um, is I think look, it's, it's pretty obvious that Mark Giordano is being traded. The question is not if he goes. The question is who does he go to? It's clear from the interview with Ron Francis that him and Mark Giordano have already had that conversation. You know, Gio's already said, yes, I want to move. He, obviously, his deal ends this year anyway, so it's not like this, there's any issues around money. Um, it's just making sure the Kraken get something for him rather than losing him at the end of the season. And I think for Giordano, his age and his state of his career, it's like that one last shot at the cup, isn't it? So it doesn't surprise me that he wants to do that. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard when Gio's had a season like he has, but 
I'm a little surprised he hasn't moved yet. I mean, do you think the market will be will be all in on on someone like Gio, or do you think the problem with the cap situation across the teams means that actually taking somebody on with that cap is maybe a little bit more difficult than it was three or four years ago? Yeah. Oh, there's. I don't think there's any doubt that 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 poses challenges for every team in the league at the moment. I feel like I think probably the I'd be willing to bet that the phone lines are starting to heat up, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of conversations are being had probably by now with the deadline looming. And you know how it always goes. I feel like it's like one team kind of pulls the trigger, you know, and that sort of launches the <laughs> like then the trades and the moves kind of all start happening. I feel like every every trade deadline it's kind of like that. Like mm-hmm. you kind of wait you kind of wait for that first sort of big move to happen. And then it seems like that because it is a symbiotic thing between all the teams, right? Like one player moves and that shifts the picture for another team. And sometimes I think teams are also waiting Mm. on other teams to make moves. And I mean, it's a, it's kind of a complicated thing, but um, yeah, I I mean, I I think you're right. I think he's going to go, but right. It's a question of, of when and, how much and you're right like this season has not a big it hasn't been a great showcase for him right obviously with the way seattle has played but um yeah surely they'll move him there's no way they don't move him right oh yeah he, and because the advantage of him being on an expiring deal is seattle will retain 50 percent of his cap and i think his cap hit was something like five million anyway from memory mm-hmm. um i could get it up on here if i can get it to work there we are, Seattle Kraken, and Macho Dano is on 6.750 million cap hit. So let's assume then that that's about 3.2 because it's halved, but obviously it's halved again because you've only got to take it for the last portion of the season with the deadline being even later than it normally is. You know, it's not a massive cap hit to have to worry about for the rest of the year. So I don't think making it financially work will be too much of a problem. I'm just, I guess I'm surprised it has, he hasn't gone yet, but maybe the Kraken are holding out. You know, maybe the Kraken want the most they can get for him. Yeah, they may be playing hardball. That's 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 very true. So, it, and remind me, did you say this? Is he on an expiring deal? He is, yeah. yeah. He is, yeah. So that, I'm, I'm with you. That does surprise me because when you put it that way, there's a ton of teams in the league that could come up with that. Mm. Like the, So I'm kind of surprised that, that he hasn't gone too. Yeah. It's also possible there are multiple suitors, right? Like the, and that crack the Kraken are, like you said, holding out a little bit of a bidding war, see if they can get, you know, the most that they can get. They've got a little time. So, um, yeah, you know, who knows, but yeah, you're right. He's going to, he'll move for sure. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's just a question of when. So the, the big, you know, should I stay or should I go? Um, and no, we're not going to play the clash, but just imagine it in your head. Um, just think it. Yeah, yeah it's a great <laughs> song. Um, is uh, is Jared McCann still, he was very quiet about his deal. He mentioned it. And obviously it was one of the questions that got asked. Um, and he talked about getting a deal done. And they mentioned the fact that obviously McCann has come out and said that he wants to stay in Seattle, which is as we were saying earlier with Patrick Kane, that's always a really bad sign when they come out and say that because <laughs> you're like, oh, crap, he's moving. Um, and now he's gone. And then I've got Ryan Donato, who again is another one who I'm hoping they get signed. So those two I want to get signed. And the two that I think they will move if they get good offers is Cali Yarncroke, who's having quite a good season actually at the crack, and surprisingly so. he's He's looked a lot better than I thought he would. 
And same with the next guy, which is Marcus Johansson, who, let's be honest, when he signed a one-year deal with the Kraken for like 900K, most people thought, oh, he's a depth guy. Yeah, he's actually playing kind of top six minutes and not looking too out of uh, shape there, which probably doesn't say much for the Kraken top six, but he would certainly be a good addition for someone who's looking to get in the playoffs because he's so cheap. Um, so I could see the last two moving, but Jared McCann is the one that I think most Kraken fans are uh, are sat holding their breath on because you know he's looked good when he was taken in the expansion draft it was he was one of the ones that you kind of looked at as going that's a piece for the future so for him to be traded would be a bit of a shame and he's an he is an rfa which is worth mentioning because that means that they don't really need to sign a deal like before the season ends because he's an rfa so if he decides that he's not going to sign a deal well you still got his rights so he, mm-hmm. he can't just walk yeah. whereas Obviously, Mark Giordano is a UFA, so therefore can walk, as could Marcus Johansson. So, whereas Caddy Yarncroke and Ryan Donato are both RFAs as well. Yeah, yeah, you may not, you may not get answers on those uh, very soon, right? That could stretch out. Well, and you know how sometimes with RFAs, it can even they can even hold out into well into the season, depending on how that. Like that's what happened with Shea Theodore, right? Like he missed. Yes, it did. Yeah, all of the year that he signed, he missed all of the preseason and. I don't think he missed any regular season games, but it was definitely, they dragged it out as long as they could for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, look, just to summarize the Krakens, uh, you know, the, the, not the week, but the, the interview with Ron Francis, I think it was quite a positive interview. I think he was honest about a lot of things. I do recommend reading it if you're a Kraken fan, but the summarization I would take from it is that I would expect the Kraken to be active in March. Like, you know, I'm sure Ron has like five little burner phones around him anyway at all times, but I would expect them <laughs> to be ringing a lot. Um, so don't be surprised if the team looks very different come April 1st. Uh, you know, and also his comment about core players. You know, we have got, we signed a lot of deals like with players who came in the expansion draft and then they were given deals like Vince Dunn. Yeah, Alexiak. It'd be interesting to see if some of those players are moved. So that's that's personally what I'm going to be looking out for is does anybody get moved that I wasn't expecting? Um, so and, we and on the bright side, it's a it's a time of year now that you can start looking as Kraken fans can start looking with excitement towards the future, right? Like even though the season's not over, it's here already. Like it's time to start building for next season. So it's uh, you know, maybe we don't have to focus so much on the sort of dark times of losing a lot of games like it's they're already looking at next year now like they obviously have been but now it's going to start happening so i just started watching the nba instead so <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah, exactly you're having a rough time yeah. just switch sports, <laughs> just switch sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the olympics was on i was watching the curling i had no idea what the hell they were doing uh, it looked like they were yeah. just cleaning the floor but it was fine it was you know it took me away from hockey for a few days Right, we're going to take a segue now to... Viva Las Vegas! I could play it that this is. week because you won some games. So, yeah. <laughs> well, look. A little, a little more cheerful this week. Exactly. A little bit, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, well, look, I, I, and it's, this is where I'm going to let you uh, you take over, JP, because this, this is your team. You know them better than I do. But it felt like, from my perspective, 
It was a stronger week because she won some games. So by default, it was a stronger week. But Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it was stronger in terms of performances. Yeah, you and I were talking right before we kind of went on the air here. Um, You know, they beat the Sharks. It's funny. I think they've won 11 straight against the Sharks now. So, (laughs) you know, like nothing against the sharks uh, you know i generally hate the sharks but but just because they're a rival but uh, they have not been good this year and so you can't get too excited about um you know about a victory against a struggling sharks team but it, it's a win that they needed and i'm glad they got it but um you know you kind of want to you don't want to evaluate where the team is at based on those victories and so you just look at those victories as well they needed to win that game. They should have won that game. They won it. That's good. But it's right now, it's all about, I need to see them do well against strong opponents. And that's the problem. They just have not done well against strong opposition at all in recent weeks until the game against the Ducks. And the Ducks are a pretty good team this year. So that's the first uh, win that they've turned out you know, against pretty solid opposition in quite a while. And, um, you know, of course they lost to Boston middle of the week as well, uh, at home. And that sort of fits the bill because their, their home record has been terrible, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, this is the way I put it on my Twitter profile. The Knights were drowning <laughs> and the game against the ducks was kind of their last chance to take a breath, uh, before going under, they were in the wild card spot, and if Dallas won uh, that won that day, and Vegas lost, then Vegas would have slipped completely out of the playoff standings. Now I know it's not impossible to climb back in. Teams do it all the time. You know, some teams spend the whole season kind of right on the wild card yeah, bubble, hopping you know, in, yeah. falling out, yeah, hopping yeah. in. So, you know, it's quite possible that that may be where Vegas winds up. But um, it, part of it is the psychological thing, and you know, once you fall out, it's you're kind of, especially this late in the season. Now you're in a pretty desperate position and, you know, nobody's going to catch Calgary at this point. I don't think I just, they've got a couple, two or three games in hand. You know, they're now as of tonight, I think they're seven points ahead of Vegas. Um, so now Vegas is looking at getting into the playoffs in second or third or a wild card spot. I, I to me personally, I think first is probably out of the question unless Calgary really goes on a slide. So, I mean, yeah, it's, um, look, it's a good way to end the week with the victory against the Ducks, and they worked really hard for it. It was nice to see the team turn out some serious work ethic, which I think is kind of what's been missing. Um, I'm not convinced by any means that the team's problems are gone (laughs) or solved, but you have to start somewhere, right? And so the victory against the Ducks was something to build on hopefully and yeah. um and you know gets them back i think they're back in third place now they are so it gives them a little life right um but yeah i mean look it's you know w- without focusing too much on the results i think the fan base is kind of resigned to the fact that like okay like it just hasn't been a yeah. great year this is the new normal yeah exactly this is the new normal Come playoff time, it's a, it's a, you start a whole new season, right? You so do. if they get in, who knows, right? It's a, it's a really stacked team, but the problems right now, I'm not convinced that they're gone. We'll see how we go. But, um, you know, I mean, look on the positive side without, you know, leaning into the results too much. Um, 
Oh, and you were asking better results or better performances. It's really hard to answer that question. I, I think more than anything, I think against Anaheim, we just saw them work really hard for, for an entire game. Yes. You yeah. know, and, and that's a great place to start, you know, cause the team certainly has been lacking, uh, in work ethic, but, uh, but if we're going to shift to kind of some more positive stuff, like, so they lost the game, but like during the game against Boston, did you see the Eichel goal during the game against Boston by any chance? Have you seen the replay of that? If not, I'll, I'll tell you. Like I say, it. I have not, but please, please okay. tell oh, away. Yeah. So it was vintage Eichel. Like it's the typical kind of flashy stuff that Eichel's known for. And this is the, the first goal, uh, it's the first time he's scored a goal in that fashion since he's been on the Knights, and Excellent. Uh, it's a sign of things to come. Like he, you know, it, it, explosive burst of speed. You know, it, it was essentially a one-on-one, but not in the typical way that you think of a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's not like he broke away like at center ice or something. Like, you know, he broke away with you know maybe twenty twenty-five feet to go, managed to get behind the defense and just exploded with speed and stick handling and managed to five hole it. Um, but th- that was one of the first times that I was like, Oh yeah, this is, if he starts doing this every game, he's going to have a massive impact on this team, which I think is what everybody's expecting and hoping for. So he's, yeah, he's getting a little better every game, you know, um, he's definitely contributing offensively assists goals, so, I mean, that's a positive, right? Like Eichel is, there's been so much talk about him, you know, making, being a difference maker for this team. And I think uh, in spite of maybe some of the other negative things surrounding the team right now, Eichel is a positive for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and him doing that, like that's why you spend, you know, that's why he's got that contract he's got. That's why he's 10 million um, because he is, a, he is a difference. That's why you traded what you traded to get him. Yeah, you know, and I'm amazed more teams weren't in for him because, you know, fully fit like he is now, after having the surgery he needed and the rest that he needed, and the Vegas organization did the right thing. They took their time. They, they you know, they built him back up, kind of, you know, spine brick by spine brick, all the way till he was right. ready to get, ready to come back, you know, disc by disc. So um, yeah, it's good to see. In terms of the standings, you're right. So. As, as we were recording today, and because we released it a few days later, it's currently the uh, 6th of March. Um, right, for me, actually, it's the 7th of March for JP. But it is the 6th of March <laughs> while we're recording. It's the Sunday. Uh, and Calgary are on 73 points and played 54 games. Vegas are 56 points. Oh, no, sorry. 66 points, 56 games. So you're right, seven points behind. But Calgary do have two games in hand, which is scary stuff. Because if they win both those games, that seven very quickly becomes 11. Uh, and that's uh, quite a gap. But the, the surprising thing actually with the standings, so Colorado are top of the Western Conference with 85 points, which is mental. So they are over. Now, okay, yes, they do have two games and they play 56 as well. So they do have two games over Calgary. That's over 10 points ahead of the next best in the league, which is just insane. In a league with so much parity, it's just unthinkable. Um, but they are uh, with a 0.759 point percentage, which which is 
Is it double the Kraken? <laughs> I think it may actually be double. <laughs> it's probably getting close. We are yeah. three, four, two, so we're pretty, pretty damn, pretty damn close to that. Um, and it is the Dallas Stars you were just mentioning? They are quietly creeping into the wild card conversation. Like they were classed as being out and out. You know, it's they had a pretty poor start to their season, and they were classed a little bit like. Um, you know, in the same breath as Chicago and Vancouver, but they are on 54 games played. So they've got two games in hand on Vegas. They are only one point behind. Now I know they're in a different division. And even if they win both those games, it it would more than likely put them into third in the central, but Minnesota are on the same. They're on 53 games played. So they'd probably just be trading blows. But for Vegas, if Vancouver or Edmonton start to pull it together, you do not want to be fighting for a wild card spot. So if you're Vegas, you're right in terms of saying, um, and the point of this comment is you said earlier about you don't want to be one of those teams that's kind of flip-flopping around in the in the wild card spot. You want to be locked on third in your division because you've got Nashville in that wild card spot as well. I mean the central is so stacked this season that for Vegas, they just need to keep doing what they're doing this week in terms of getting the points on the board and make sure you keep Edmonton and Vancouver at arm's length. Let those two fight it with Nashville and Dallas to be the final two spots who make it into the playoffs. Um, so, right. yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. And um, you know, the best case scenario, in my opinion, uh, now for Vegas, a best case scenario would be retaking second place and then just creating a little bit of distance. Yeah. Right. C- creating yeah, enough sure. distance that like second place is it's pretty safe bet. They're going to hold on to second that gives them um, home ice advantage in the first round, you know, bare minimum. And then, you know, maybe they'll be lucky enough. I kind of doubt it. I think they're, if they go past the first round, they're still going to run into the abs at some point, but um you know, it's funny though that there's that whole president's trophy thing and how different playoff hockey is. Like the Avs looked incredible last year too, and they won the president's trophy by a point. You know, they 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 won it by a point, and Vegas managed to beat them. But uh, but they do look even scarier this year than they did last year. So uh, they are not to be taken lightly, and neither is Calgary. So, but yeah, I think that's the best case scenario for Vegas is is that they can hopefully push for a second place. But, um, I mean, the way they play better on the road this year, maybe they should get third, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> the home record, it's yeah. just not happening at the Fortress lately. Yeah. They seem to win on the road most of the time, yeah. so maybe... Well, I, that's a good... We're not going to... We can't talk... Well, we're not going to talk about that now because we we've obviously, um, you know, we haven't really prepped or anything for it. But it would be a good... For those people that are listening to this podcast right now who do go on either... JP's Twitter, the Golden Steel, or you're you know you're active on the Kraken Knights Twitter itself. Um, it would be great to hear what you guys think is the problem with Vegas at the Fortress. Now you guys go, and I know plenty of people listening to this podcast are avid Vegas Golden Knights fans. So you're not just Vegas Golden Knights fans who you know are sat in the UK watching it on NHL.com like this sad muppet. You're actually there in the Fortress <laughs> in the seats. You know, seeing it live and feeling the atmosphere and everything that is is, is a home game. You know, it'd be good to know what you think is the reason why that because the fortress is known as the fortress for a reason, 
and it's been anything but this season. It'd be great to hear from you guys as to why you think that is. Yeah, absolutely. Sticking on the positivity train, um, we had we saw Ben Hutton signing a two-year deal, two-year extension, um, pretty cheap. Pretty cheap for the Vegas Golden Knights. So his two-year extension is going to set them back $850,000 for two seasons. Uh, But it's a great, you know, look, when they signed him, it was because they were banged up and they just needed somebody with a bit of experience who could fill a roster spot. But at 28 years old, to have a two-year deal playing on the Vegas Golden Knights, he must be over the moon. And I think it's a great... A great move for the, you know, the Kraken organization. Oh, Kraken organization. Jesus. The Vegas Golden Knights organization. So they're just, they're just so similar. How could I not how could I not confuse the two? <laughs> um, so, so, JP, what's, what's your thoughts on Ben Hutton signing with the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, it's a, not the Vegas Golden Kraken, right? Nope. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great story, and it's a it's a very Vegas story. You know, we kind of have a history of finding diamonds in the rough uh, mm-hmm. in Vegas. Yeah, the organization loves to find players, you know, who have sort of hidden value, and clearly the the circumstances which brought Hutton to the team were a little unusual. I don't think there would have been room for him uh, had there not been all that injury. So it's kind of a happy accident things kind of came together perfectly for him and then he came to vegas and played he's played really well you know he's he's been um tremendous work ethic right he's managed to contribute offensively here and there like he's gelling well with the team the fans like him like it, it's a it's a pretty cool story right because this guy really hard to say for sure but you know you, you get the feeling maybe this guy you know didn't have too many more shots at staying in the NHL he kind of he didn't really have a contract he kind of i, I could be misquoting but i i feel like i read maybe even at the beginning of the year he might have just been on a professional tryout i don't i don't think he was a pto yeah. yeah 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 exactly so i mean that's like that's kind of what you do when you're when your NHL career is winding down one way or the other, right? Like no team is willing to take a risk and offer you something. They're like, well, we'll let you come to training camp, you know, see see what you can do. So it's it's a really cool story. Uh, and like I said, he you know opportunistic, just kind of took advantage of the opportunity, and it's great value for the team, right? This is a guy that's definitely hitting above his weight class a little bit, and uh, so it's yeah, it's, it's cool team friendly deal. Um, I'm sure he's thrilled, right? Like he, he was kind of maybe running out of chances and now he's got a two year deal and he's young enough. Like that could segue into another contract later if he continues to play well. So, uh, it, it's a cool story all around. And, you know, you see him in interviews, he's a likable guy, down to earth guy. So yeah, the, the Ben Hutton thing, that's a really positive story uh, amidst some of the other worries that we have around the team. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great to hear. I, I've always been. A, uh, a fan of fan of his, and it's it's great to see uh, great to see what they're doing. And we we mentioned on a previous podcast around the importance when the Vegas Golden Knights have got so many expensive guys on your roster about finding players that contribute, that fit in the locker room, and and this is the hardest bit of all these points, and are on cap friendly deals. And 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 he is eight hundred and fifty k. 
is nothing. And to have, you've got your, it means what it does mean though, in terms of defensively next season, obviously players could be traded, but presuming there are no trades, it means that your six signed on defensemen for next season are Petrangelo, Theodore, McNabb, uh, Dylan Coughlin, uh, Ben Hutton, and obviously Zach Whitecloud. So I don't think it's going to be a lot of changes. And if there are, you're obviously going to be training pieces to do it. So, uh, so yeah, it's good mm-hmm. good to see. And and, Mar- and Martinez still has, doesn't he still have? He will be signed on, yeah. He's obviously... He had time left on his deal. So, well, yeah, he's not in, hasn't been in the lineup. Which is a, a good point, time, actually, but, yeah. because I guess, and uh, this wasn't on our planned agenda, but I'm going to segue anyway. Nick Haig is... Obviously, he's 23. He's an RFA. That would mean seven defensemen signed if you do sign with Martinez because you've got six anyway. Then you've got Martinez is seven. Nicholas Haig would be eight. Like, you know, somebody, being being frank, normally teams only carry seven in a roster. So somebody's going to go. Let's be frank. I don't know who that could be, but somebody's going to go. Yeah, yeah, probably. I would imagine somebody would go or, or trying to remember if Coglin can still be sent down if he's a two but you're right it's crowded you know crowded. There's, regardless of how they of how they yeah. deal with it i don't see them carrying eight on the um you know on the on the big club you know they're either going to have to send somebody down or, or move somebody but and and if we're going to seg you know another segue that wasn't on the agenda uh, <laughs> i'm re- kind of worried about martinez to be honest uh, you know there's he has not, not recovered from this injury with this facial, you know, he had a face laceration. Now they're saying he's got balance and equilibrium issues. Like, Jesus. I don't know. Yeah. The Martinez situation's worrisome. Like, you know, I'm not, I kind of wonder if we're going to see him at all this season, like based on, you know, how it's been very up and down and then he had COVID and then he's skating with the team and then he's not like when you hear equilibrium issues, you know, that implies that, you know, he still has a lot of, it's not even about the face laceration as much as it is about the concussion that he got from the injury. So, uh, you know, and it doesn't that sound good, man. That doesn't sound no, good. No, definitely not. So, you know, kind of wishing, obviously hoping for the best and wishing him well, but, um, you know, as of right now, you know, there's a lot that's up in the air with Martinez. So, but yeah, assuming everybody's healthy and can play, it's a crowded decor. Uh, it's going to be a crowded decor. Yeah, you know, musical chairs. Somebody yeah. is uh, falling on their ass when they try and sit down because uh, seven <laughs> chairs right. and eight people. So yeah, somebody's exactly. getting stuffed. Um, the last, I've got a last question, and this was on the agenda, so we're not going to to is a segue, but at least it's a planned segue. Um, I looked at Cap Friendly while we were talking earlier, and it says that you've got give or take around four and a half million in cap space at the deadline 4.3 million to be precise now that obviously is caused by mark stone being off they were juggling the cap anyway because they were trying to fit eichlin and then weirdly they ended up fitting eichlin quite easily because mark stone got re-injured and has gone on to ltir now assuming that they know that mark stone is going to be on ltir for potentially up until the playoffs um do you think Vegas will look to do a Vegas and do another move at the deadline? Because it, it weirdly looks like they've got the cap to do it. You know what? It, it would not surprise me in the slightest 
if Vegas somehow became buyers at the deadline, like <laughs> that, that would be so in line with what this team does every year. You're like, are you kidding me? They're going to, they're going to bring in another player, but if they have the cap space to do it, I think they probably will. I mean, like it may not be depending, right. It could just be like some depth or something like it may not be a big splash, but <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, like, you know what the attitude is in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cup, it's cup or bust. And if you've got the bunch of guys on long-term <laughs> injured reserve or a bunch of guys on IR, like, listen, regardless of how the fan base feels, you know, and th- this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. You know, there's a little bit of a sentiment with some people that like this year's not the year get healthy next year. We go on a run. That's kind of how people are feeling. I don't think that's the way they're thinking in the front office. I think in the front office, they're, they're going to go for it. Yeah, they're yeah. going for it right now, regardless of what we think they should do. And uh, if they have the cap space, I absolutely think they're going to use it. And then they'll, they'll cruise into the playoffs, <laughs> you know, with, yeah. you know, probably the, the world record largest roster that any NHL team has ever had going into the playoffs, right? <laughs> It'll be something like that. I mean, it would be, it would be very, uh, very much in the style of this club to, uh, to do do something like that. Which is um, that's why I'm laughing. It's just like, oh my god, nobody thought that they would actually be buying at the deadline. Like, there's uh, w- with what room, with what money? Right? It, well, exactly. Yeah, it was it was a case of how on earth are they? Well, we were talking around them having to trade William Carlson yeah. or or Riley oh, yeah. Smith to get Eichel yeah. in the team, and now we're talking about them having cap space. It's just just shows, to be honest, right. how injured the team's been but i think you're right oh my gosh, the yeah. the front office like you know these guys have no poker face they if they're going into a casino which they probably do quite often given they live in vegas um <laughs> they, you know they are pushing all the chips in the table the second they sit down and then it's a case of if it goes well they're on for a great night if it doesn't they're going home pretty quick um and uh you know that's that seems to be the mentality they're taking to their team as well so yeah, watch no, this it, that space. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. If there's cap space, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't use it. The, they're not gonna. They're not just gonna leave it sitting there. So the the injuries continue to be a concern, and you know, I I can't. Uh, I'm beyond trying to understand why the team keeps getting hurt like this. Yeah, like I just don't. It's the it's weird and bizarre, and I can't I can't wrap my head around why it keeps. And it does keep happening. I mean, it just keeps it does happen it does like yeah. everybody's hurt all the time and every game it's like oh so-and-so's out up oh, so-and-so's out so uh you know they probably are going to need it to be honest like you got to get some more healthy bodies uh in, in the lineup because we're not going to roll into the playoffs healthy there's no doubt about that like oh yeah i agree roll into the playoffs with with guys hurt and you know possibly rejoining but some guys may not be back for any of the playoffs so it's you know it's, it's probably they'll need to do that anyway so Agreed. Uh, it, it's certainly not been a boring season, that's for sure. <laughs> it's given us plenty to talk about, and that's always yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that, that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, and as always, JP, been a blast having a chat with you about uh, everything hockey, uh, even if our time differences are, are back to front. It's still been good. <laughs> um, and it, for the listeners, obviously, we uh, we always have, uh, we're doing this all for you, of course. Uh, and if you do want to get in touch with the show, you can. You can obviously catch this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're all good podcasts found. But if you're listening to the podcast, you probably know that already because you're probably listening via one of those methods. But what you maybe don't know 
is that we also have a website, which is kraken-nights.com. So you can check that out. There's some other things on there as well. And it's a great way to get in touch with the show. If you use Twitter, then you can get in touch with the show that way as well. Um, it's obviously at Kraken Nights. Or if you want to get in touch with JP, that's at Golden Steel. So until next week, from myself and JP, stay well, stay safe, stay hockey crazy, and uh, we will see you as always uh, next Tuesday. And we'll see if there's been any crazy trades, if Patrick Kane has somehow become a golden knight and they've managed to pull off the impossible (laughs) and move Gap around. (laughs) Or nothing will have happened and uh, we'll talk about hopefully some wins. So until then, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.